see, you just said you had nothing to talk about when it came to cars. <laughs> and then I started talking and about then cars. Turns and then out I'm like, who am I kidding? You did. They're, <laughs> my favorite car YouTuber is this guy named Doug DeMuro, but he started reviewing houses. Because I guess it seems something. Seems like a bit of a leap. Well, not really, because he, it's a design pod. I mean, ultimately, half of all of his YouTube videos are deep dives on the design of the car. And he finds out all of these interesting stories about why the car is shaped the way it is and the design story. So actually, the translation to architecture was somewhat natural. Mm -hmm. But then he goes into like, these deep dives on like things that line up in a house. And he like finds this stuff. It's amazing to see what what like a somewhat design sensitive non-designer focuses mm -hmm. on. And it, it, in a way, it like started to prove to me like how little possibly of our work is really taken in yeah. by people. It's like, yeah, yeah, we, we made things line up. That's a thing that we do. Like, he's going through this house that was clearly like $15, $20 million. These beautiful views of San Diego and all this stuff. And he's just spending like 20 minutes talking about all the things that line up. That made that architect's like... I'm sure it did, actually. He's like, somebody noticed. This is Charles. And this is Rachel. From BNV Radio. This is Design Goggles. While in some cities, murals are subversive to say the least, here in Seattle they're celebrated. In no neighborhood is that more true than here in Capitol Hill. Whether it's an abstract collection of geographic shapes or a photorealistic montage, murals are everywhere you look, big and small. Some take planning and execution, and others happen organically. There are some, though, that transcend what we think of as public art and become part of Seattle's consciousness. One of those murals is on the wall of a famous music venue here called Numos. Every month, the mural is painted over again and again, each one more fantastic than the next. This mural is maintained by a collection of artists, and to them, the city is their art gallery. Tonight, we are joined by DeAndre Goodwin, former NFL player and owner of ZJ Group, a marketing agency here in Seattle. DeAndre, thank you very much for making time to sit and chat with us. Thanks for having me, guys. So where did you uh, grow up? So I grew up in uh, Los Angeles, California, in the San Fernando Valley, Pacoima, California, to mm -hmm. be exact. Lived there my whole life, you know, was big into sports, fashion. When did you make the jump to the Pacific Northwest? So I made the jump to the Pacific Northwest when I went to college. So I got a scholarship to play football at the mm -hmm. University of Washington and uh, came here on an official visit and fell in love with the city with the school and just the whole vibe of Seattle. Mm -hmm. Did you come in the summer when it was warm? I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. Is, yeah, I, <laughs> I came, uh, I was like, like in the winter, actually. Oh, nice. You're it like, I really raining. like this dark, rainy, 4.30 p.m. sunset. This yeah, is for just me. just driving <laughs> into the city, like seeing you know, mm -hmm. the skyline, and it just had a different vibe to it. Actually, I have a cousin that is a lot older than me, but he played football at UW, so 
kind of had history there, just knowing that he went there and knew about UW. And nice. mm-hmm. so that was, you know, another reason that UW caught my attention. So had you decided when you were in school, this is definitely the place I want to live long term? Or did you come back to it later? In school, I was not really thinking like I wanted to live here long term. I didn't really know. I was just kind of mm-hmm. taking it year by year, more focused on like, passing my classes and being the best I could be on the field. Right. And then kind of letting things happen. I mean, once I got to like closer to senior year, I definitely realized I was building a network here and it would make sense to get started here, but I didn't really have a vision of, you know, how long I'd be here. So we talk a lot to designers and sometimes we interview people in parallel careers, but rarely do we get the chance to talk to somebody who went the path of collegiate sports, then professional sports and how you found your way from professional sports to owning a marketing agency to operating a collective of artists creating murals is fascinating to me. So how did all those steps happen? Well, Collegiate sports to professional sports is somewhat of a more common I mean, that jump, makes sense. But <laughs> the rest is a little different. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, I was raised in a football family. Football was like, that's what we did. My mm-hmm. family, like, played football growing up. Then as I got to college, still enjoyed it, wanted to pursue the NFL, and mm-hmm. had my shot at the NFL, played the Denver Broncos for a few seasons. Then I actually started my career in coaching. So I went back to UW and was a graduate assistant. So I went back to school, got my master's, and was coaching the wide receivers. And from there, I spent time coaching and then shifted to the recruiting department and was focusing more on marketing to the recruits. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I first realized, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I I like this marketing thing. I like being able to be creative and use my mind in different ways. Growing up, I was always big on fashion, sports, music. And I feel like once I started the marketing path, well, still work with athletes, but and then got involved with some artists, I kind of realized, like, oh, I, I like this art thing as well. I've never been an artist, but I love, you know, what art can create as far as the experience, whether it be an outdoor mural where someone just kind of walking up on Capitol Hill and you can kind of look at it and feel a lot of different things, whether it be like you seeing something for the first time and learning or you just kind of sitting there soaking up and just getting the experience of like getting to see cool art that relates to the city. A lot of times we work with brands and kind of help bring their brands to life, but also make it art first. Mm-hmm. I want to talk, go back a little bit to recruiting. You mentioned there were creative aspects of recruiting. What are some of the things you got to do? Um, so I worked a lot with our graphic designer. So mm-hmm. really collaborating with him to build the brand of the football program and what we want it to look like in mm-hmm. the recruit size, which mm-hmm. is a young high school kid. So keeping it professional and clean, but also being cool and relatable. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do a lot more than like the graphic design. Like I wasn't oh, the cool. guy making them, but I was collaborating with the ideas and different things mm-hmm. and why I think we should do this. That's really cool. It's an aspect I don't think about really often. When I think of college recruiting, I think so much more of just the personal one-on-one stuff, but I rarely consider the sort of marketing machine behind the overall message and persona. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. definitely changed. Like when I was coming out of high school, there was really no digital marketing because no one was on computers like that. And then once social media came around, then it just changed the game. And kids are, you know, they want to go to schools that look cool, 
that have the cool gear. Right. <laughs> so you have to be able to show that, right? You can have gear and not tell that story and people don't know. Right. And that's, for example, like Oregon is obviously a good program on mm-hmm. the field, but that was part of what helped attract recruits there. They had so many uniform combos and they did a great job of marketing that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. I remember I was living on the East Coast at the time when they were like, just coming up in the national consciousness that all anybody would talk about would be like, oh, what are the uniforms going to look like next year? <laughs> and it's just like random all over the country in the East Coast talking about what specifically Oregon's football uniforms are going to look like next year. Kind of yeah, genius. So that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty impactful. Yeah, for sure. So what part of that storytelling, how did you connect that role as a storyteller and a collaborator? How did that connect and get you into marketing after the NFL? I mean, that gave me a kind of an introduction to the power of marketing. Right. I wasn't sure if that was like the exact type of marketing I wanted to do, but I knew that I love working with people and I love being creative and got an opportunity to work at a marketing agency here in Seattle after I was done playing and coaching. And then that kind of opened my eyes up more to being able to create partnerships and learn about brands and their pain points and then be able to learn what athletes are into and then bring the two together. And that's when I kind of really fell in love with it. Like, oh, every project is different. Every person is different. And being able to know both brand and talent or athlete side of things helped create cool programs. Mm -hmm. What was one of the first projects you worked on when you went out on your own? Was it project first and then all of a sudden, no, I'm getting projects? Or was it, you know what, I'm going to create this thing, this brand, and use it as a magnet to bring people in? So when I initially worked for uh, an agency, like I was just kind of hopping in and they already had things rolling. Mm -hmm. So I kind of came in and was more working with talent and focusing more on that side of learning their goals, their interests. And then I would collaborate with my partner who had a broader understanding of brands. And then we kind of form and create programs together. So that was kind of my initial role in marketing, more the relationships with talent and learning about them, figuring out how we can strategize and connect them to brands. Do you have regular work for all the talent or a sort of a loose network of freelancers that come in and perform jobs? The way we created our agency was, you know, back in the day, we used to have uh, exclusive agreements Mm -hmm. and we kind of went the opposite route because projects kind of happen when they happen. Mm -hmm. And we don't want anyone or any talent to feel tied down to us. It was more about the relationship. Mm -hmm. So we are about creating relationships with athletes and talent, and then also creating relationships with brands. And then when there is a time to bring the two together, then bringing those opportunities to the talent. So more spending a lot more time with brands Mm -hmm. and then being able to bring opportunities to talent based on what we know their interests are. That's super cool. I think one of the things that's so incredible about Seattle, especially right in this moment, is that it's such a supportive city of art in general, public art especially. And when I was actually putting the intro together, I was really thinking about it like back east, mural art doesn't really happen, not above board, really. If a mural is done, it's done like under the radar and it usually doesn't survive very long. And here there's so much of it. It creates so much more for the city. I think it's so interesting that you are in a way kind of on the edge somewhere between a true art collective and a marketing company. Even before the show, we were talking and you were like, you think of your company more as a marketing group. But I mean, we're designers, so we're obviously going to be looking at it through a different lens. Mm -hmm. I see you as an art collective which is fascinating. And I've never really seen a marketing company that interacts with the public in that way. That's really unique. Yeah. And that like the art pillar of the business, like we were initially sports, like I come Mm -hmm. from a sports background. Then I started to work with Weirdo, who's the artist here. Mm -hmm. And from working with him, it was just kind of a organic thing that we did a couple projects 
And then we kind of got in touch with brands and different architect firms and interior designers and kind of built from there. So it wasn't anything that I had in plan. It just was like <laughs> I met this guy. He was super talented. I found a passion for art and the experience it creates. And then she kind of took it from there, like saw opportunity and took advantage of it. That's super cool. How did the Numos mural, I guess it's like it's 12 murals a year, right? How did that come to pass? Was that one of your earlier jobs? Yeah, so that was when I was speaking about having that initial opportunity with uh-huh. Weirdo. Like, that's what it was. He, oh, okay. you know, that was a wall that he would be the only artist to rotate that wall. Mm-hmm. Some would be with brands. Some would be just kind of passion projects. And then we would bring opportunities to them when brands were interested in doing something different rather than like buying a billboard or something. It was right. like you can do something that is a lot more impactful and then create digital assets like mm-hmm. a time lapse and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we got to a point where we had a lot of people asking and we didn't have any availability. Oh, wow. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we were at that point where like, OK, this is a thing. And how can we take it to the next level? And we kind of grew that program out, the exterior walls, but also doing interior, commercial, retail, uh, more high-end things as well. I used to live down there. Uh, it was four years ago when I moved here, right around this time. And I remember I would honestly get excited to see what the next thing on the new Mills wall was going to be. And I'd watch them put it up. It's a really fascinating way to interact with the public. That's another thing. Most marketing is like behind the curtain and you don't get to see. It's just this magic that happens and then you get what you get. I think it's so cool that... It's just out in the open. It's just us. We're just going to make this right in front of your eyes. How many murals has it been now? Some of our listeners don't live in Seattle. Numos is a music venue. It's here in Capitol Hill. It's a big brick wall. I want to say it's like... About 20 by 20 feet. Yeah. So 20 by... Probably exactly 20 by 20 (laughs) feet. So it's been painted over dozens and dozens and dozens of times, just directly right over it. When did you start doing the mural? Well, when I initially started working on that was about three years ago or so. Okay, wow. So that's 30, at least 30, 40 yeah, years. Yeah, so it's been a, a lot of, and that's just a small piece of what we do. We do a lot more of, like I said, the high-end retail, mm-hmm. hotels. We want to be able to bring those experiences mm-hmm. and like the culture into places like that. What uh, What's one of, outside of the Numos, what's one of your favorite projects that you guys have worked on? We did a three-story mural at Avenade here in Seattle, and they wanted to create like a Northwest kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. So on uh, the lower level, we started kind of at seabed. And then as you walk up the stairs, you kind of work your way to a little higher in the ocean mm-hmm. and then to the mountain scene. So it's kind of a cool. cool way for people to go up and down the stairs and you kind of get a different experience at each level. That's awesome. I worked for a firm back in New York. We were doing, a, I think it was a hotel or something. It was like 15 stories. And we could cut this section and somebody wanted to do a mural that was every elevation for 15 stories was that one image. That's pretty cool. It would be so cool to just continue to do stuff like that. I feel like graphics should be considered more early on rather than a tacked on piece. Art always seems to come after, which it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. There's so much impact. And I think that's so well proven in places like Numos, where the performative aspect of it is taken advantage of. What portion of your work is interior versus outside? Um, you know what? I would say close to 50-50, like especially now in Seattle. It's dark, rainy, <laughs> not much time to be outside. So, yeah. you know, during summer, spring, we definitely spend a lot of time outside. And then during these times, like fall, winter, mm-hmm. we start working our way inside. The interior job's just, it's a longer process to develop because you're mm-hmm. working with architects and they got to do construction. So you're dealing with that whole process. So sometimes it can take a year, two years to even put paint to wall. And we've been, right. you know, so those things kind of happen slower, but those are the projects I enjoy the most because you get to collaborate with brands and bring their brand out through art, but also get a piece of the creative mind of an artist. Perfect segue to my next question about 
what's the creative process like? Does an artist just be like, hey, this is the thing I want to do and that's what's happening? Or <laughs> do you sit in a room with somebody else's in-house marketing department? What so does that look like? it depends on the project. Most of the time we are working with different companies and brands. So we work off of a creative brief. So we will ask them certain questions to kind of get some guardrails on what it is your vision is. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we kind of start the sketch process. That initial sketch kind of lets them know like what we got from their vision. And then we'll make adjustments from there. So it's phone calls, cool. you know, handwritten sketches. It's been a lot of time trying to nail it down and make sure that both parties are happy with the amount of creative they get to put into the project. Do you guys do a mock-up if it's something big? Oh, no, yeah, we always, <laughs> oh, okay. for, yeah, we always do mock-up. Like, that's part of the process because some people aren't art people, so you kind of have to spell it out for them and mm -hmm. give them mock-ups of this is exactly what it's going to look like. We try to make the process as easy as possible. So my mindset and what I say is, like, a 10-year-old should be able to understand, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. what we're about to do. What's one of the most ambitious projects you guys have had that was just really, really big and you were like, oh, man, we're going <laughs> <laughs> to have um, to. I would say a project we just did. I mean, it was pretty big. It was three murals, about 25 by 20 feet. In the Soto area, we did Seattle Sports Hall of Famer. So we kind of brought art and sports together. So we did a mural of Walter Jones, Jack Sigma, and Edgar Martinez and kind of gave it that um, upper deck hologram feel. Oh, sweet. And we just finished those. That was a pretty big project. We worked directly with the Seattle Sonics Arena Group mm -hmm. and then with those athletes to make sure we got the approval of you know what it was going to look like. So that one was fun. It was a big project. And it was also cool to get that stamp of approval from those Hall of Fame guys. So funny you brought up the upper deck hologram thing. So it just occurs to me because I used to collect cards when I was a kid. That sports and graphic design have always had this like special and long evolution together. Mm -hmm. And that in the 90s, there was this peak where they were doing the upper deck, the holograms, oh, foil yeah. stamps. <laughs> they were putting like little bits of dirt and sand with glue on the cards. What? Yeah, yeah. They really like, it was truly like some cutting edge graphic design stuff. And we were And all... also dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they would take like dirt from a stadium. You yeah, seen those? they make like yeah. basketball print cards. Like, yeah. Kind of huh. getting creative with. No, it's crazy. And it reached this peak and it's, I guess, not quite a dying art, but it's less common. It's not collected as much these days. Yeah, it's but Pokemon that's, cards now. It is. Oh, so depressing. <laughs> I mean, if you love Pokemon, yeah. it's cool. I'm not, <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying that's not Don't cool. Don't offend our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll probably have more Pokemon fans than sports fans, but uh, it just occurs to me that there's kind of a special relationship between graphic design and sports. It's really, really interesting. I always wanted to work on sport, you know, sports architecture. There's a couple of firms that like mm. just do stadiums and stuff. Oh, it would be so interesting to see. When you were back at UW, did they do a lot of incorporation of art into the stadium and the athletic Like they spaces? did like graphic or? kind mm -hmm. of raps. When I was there as a graduate assistant in coaching, they had it. This, and this is before I even like was into art. There was right. a guy, I don't even remember who the guy was, but he came and he painted Huskies on our tunnel to run out of the stadium. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like looking at it and being fascinated. And then 10 years later, I'm like working with all these artists. That's super cool. Did you know in that moment? You're like, one day I'm going to. Not at all. I was just like, okay, I'm walking to practice. This is cool. I'm like, and then kept, kept it going. That's awesome. But it was something, I mean, back then that I knew I appreciated. But it wasn't something that I thought I would be doing as a career. Mm -hmm. Are most teams and universities doing stuff like that in-house? Are they hiring outside firms? I would say they're hiring outside firms to do like the art. Like They do what they're good at and then they hire other folks that, you know, are better at design than they right. are. Mm -hmm. Do you connect with 
individual social media account? Like, do you hook up with Numos and show the the murals as they go up, or is that something you guys just do on your own? I mean, we keep Numos. They're a good partner of ours, so they have to approve everything. So they're oh, part okay. of the process. We always wanted to be art first, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what brand we're working with, like it needs to feel like art, not like a billboard or just a hand-painted sign. Mm-hmm. So we understand that and that's what we stand for. So it's a good relationship. You know, we haven't had any issues. It's been nothing but love and they're excited to have the art on their building. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Is there a lot of translation that goes on between the sports world and the art world? You mentioned earlier, not everybody are art people. And I remember I was watching this new National Geographic show with Jeff Goldblum. And he goes to, it was Nike or Adidas, I forget, goes to their home headquarters. Mm -hmm. And the designers created this system to study athletes' facial expressions when they look at shoes. (laughs) Because they're like, not everybody has the words to tell us how a heel, their general words like, oh, I like it or I don't like it, but they can judge the facial expression so they can translate how athletes actually feel about a shoe and then redesign according to it. Do you find there's translation like that when it comes to talking about mural art with sports clients? I would say, I mean, it depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. Art is a thing where everyone can appreciate it. So some people may not be able to articulate how exactly they feel, Mm -hmm. but definitely you can tell if they like it or not. (laughs) Right. Do you find it's a little bit of selling the invisible sometimes where you're like, trust me, it's going to be great. (laughs) Is there like a faith gap sometimes? At this point, there isn't because we've done so many projects. So we have the work to prove it. Right. But initially, yes, you have to, I mean, you have to gain that trust. Right. And then, you know, we try to over deliver and be on time with the work and make the process as easy as possible to gain that trust. And then you can build off of that and be able to do more with more brands and companies and things. What's your vision for the company? Where do you want to take it? I mean, I want to work with a lot of different artists, kind of be the guy who helps connect them to different projects and create a a big art community where everyone's just talking about art, having like happy hours and just creating that culture where like it's all love. Everyone's giving each other like different ideas Mm -hmm. and just creating great art all over the place. Something we talk about a lot on this show is accessibility in both the art world and the architecture world, a lot of the culture is exclusive. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about the art you guys do is that because of its very nature as public, at least most of the time, it's extremely accessible. And I think a lot of people can relate to it. And I feel like in so many cities, even public art can be so inaccessible, like abstract sculptures Mm -hmm. or, you know, hidden mural, interior murals. Do you guys do outreach where you have, you know, events with your artists where you can interact? We do outreach. We haven't had any events. It's Mm -hmm. more just uh, getting to know each other, doing different projects and just building relationships. In the future, I do want to hold little like happy hour type Mm -hmm. events, like a cool just vibe where people come chat, meet people. There's up and coming artists like being able to pick the brain of a guy who's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And just creating that type of feel in Seattle Mm -hmm. and taking it everywhere. So Chris Hansen and his team, we have relationships with them, and they pretty much own all of Soto. <laughs> yeah. So when people go to that sports area, they may not know who, you know, Seattle sports heroes are, but they see that and they're like, it's all about the experience, creating experiences, whether it's learning or just like something you, you feel. You can feel inspired by that, even mm-hmm. if you have no idea who those people yeah, are. Yeah, You're just sure. like, oh, the yeah. The just pops off the wall. Yeah. I just think that's unique about your murals. Specifically, when we first sat down, I was like, I knew some of your work, but I didn't know it was yours. And they're always the most vibrant of any of them. 
like to the point that now when I'm going around town, I'm like, all right, I'm almost sure. <laughs> Even if I didn't know for sure it was yours. It's like well, that. that's what I want to create. I want yeah, people yeah. to see. I mean, like I said, I don't want to take credit because I'm not the artist, right. but I do want to be able to identify in our work. Do the artists sign the work or is there also, do you guys have your brand on the work too? Or is it only an artist or is it all anonymous or so for the most just part, depend? Like, or? We will bring them opportunities. So it's through the agency mm-hmm. and we will bring artists on the project. Just the way you were describing the way you work mm. in that you don't just, oh, here's an artist that might work for you mm. and then just like drop in and walk away. You have a process. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely hands on. Like the process, yeah. I'm hands on. I let the artist take creative control, but mm-hmm. I'm making sure it's smooth, everything's smooth. Yeah. My thing is just I just want to make it as easy as possible for everyone. Like that way the artist is happy, the client's happy, and we make great art. We work with a couple mural artists or artists in general, and I want to say our hit rate is like one out of every three times we suggest using an artist. We go through and go forward, but most of the time it's the process that kills the collaboration. The artist is like, oh, well, this is the thing you should do. Here's how much I can do it for. And then the the client's like, oh, it's an interesting idea, but can I see it like this? And can I see it like this? Mm -hmm. And after a few rounds, the artist is just exhausted and they just kind of walk away because they don't have the time or the patience to deal with the process. Mm -hmm. They just want to make the art. That's something also that's pretty unique is that you're collaborative with your process and there is one. Yeah. <laughs> and that I think is going to be And that hopeful. just came from growing, learning, right? Yeah, Running yeah. into issues where it's like some friction, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's all about learning what the client wants first and then going off of that. That way we have guardrails, still be creative with what they gave us. And you've got that, it's like you're playing a role of a translator to a little. Because like in those scenarios, Charles, like there's nobody communicating between the artist and the client and mm-hmm. negotiating and managing managing that relationship in a way. And so it ends up crumbling and falling apart, right? Whereas you guys are, yeah, are, are able like to be making the oil to make it all work out. Exactly. That's really unique. Like in, you're much an artist as the guys putting hand paint. Yeah, I'm just saying like the creative process is also the art. Yeah, not, what yeah we're for doing. sure. Like it, I mean, just from, <laughs> yeah. like I said, through experiences, like there is an art to that mm-hmm. because it's, that's where you get the good stuff. When people are transparent with each other, you're able to talk and listen you know, no one's being stubborn. And that's kind of where I come in and make sure. Yeah, well, especially when you get a client comes in, they're just like, well, I just want it to be blue. And you're just <laughs> like, well, great. But like, you know, <laughs> another person might just be like, all right, sweet. Like, mm-hmm. and just do whatever. But if they don't understand the nuances of like bringing someone along mm-hmm. on your journey and like evolving it, that takes touch, I guess is the best way to put it. Because we here try to work with artists as much as possible. I was just in a meeting just the other day with a commercial contractor. Mm. And he does a bunch of like really high-end restaurants and stuff. And I was describing with him that one of the things that sets us apart is we try to involve an artist in as many of our commercial projects as possible. Because it just makes for better spaces and more authenticity, which is a huge struggle in the design world mm. because, you know, it seems like, especially with restaurants these days, every single restaurant's just like, I want black metal yeah, and I want natural wood yeah. and we'll expose <laughs> the screws. And it's like, okay, but... What's going to set you apart from exactly, all these others? Exactly, uh, exactly. And be unique and be real. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should make it a requirement. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I feel like you must use an artist somewhere, somehow. I mean, it doesn't have to be crazy expensive, but like... Yeah. And you can just do so many things with art. It can, yes. Like, you can do abstract. It doesn't have to be like a portrait mm-hmm. so there's so many ways you can yeah. incorporate art one of our artists sarah robbins has done a couple relief sculptures one was built out of wood blocks and mm-hmm. it was like pixel art 
and the other was made entirely out of cassette tapes. Oh, I, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we didn't start out on that, but mm. it was actually kind of a, a budget thing where it was like, okay, like we can't work. afford this. Yeah, yeah. What can you do? And it's mother of invention, right? It just yep. kind of evolved into something really unique. And I wish we could do that every project. Have you ever yeah. done window stuff? I haven't. What about horizontal surfaces? Like instead of walls, oh, like, do, you know, Massive, you know, like a field or That's a really road or a whole floor or a mm. sidewalk or we've done uh, like chalk art and different things mm. like that. But that is something we actually thought about looking for a rooftop to do. Yeah, or a rooftop. Just like because planes are flying over. Yes. You know, so, so funny you should yes. mention rooftop. <laughs> One of the areas and the area we would want to do a mural on in this building is on the roof deck. Like on the flat surface of it? Well, or on a a vertical wall on the roof. roof. And it's a tower. So, like, it would be a part of the skyline Mm. and other, like, the idea would be other towers can see that and see that that building is special and that space Mm. is special. In a cone of vision where you rarely see mural art. Yeah, that would be Mm -hmm. pretty cool. With us, like, if it's a surface, we can paint on it. So it's just kind of what the client needs Mm -hmm. or what they want. When I was a kid growing up in Philly, I used to go to Veterans Stadium, and I was always amazed there was this massive mural of Mike Schmidt that went up, like, three or four levels. And I always thought that was super cool, and it stuck in my mind forever. When I started to look at some of your sports murals, it, like, took me right back to that age Mm -hmm. and that impression. Like, Mm -hmm. something about when you're, like, going to those first ball games with your dad and seeing that. Yeah, no, that is pretty cool. We actually did a Ken Griffey mural on, you know where Pacific Office Automation is? Is Right by the stadium. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's not by the stadium. Like Royal... Brougham or yeah, some, something. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. Oh, I think I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it like off the freeway. The big one he's doing his bat back, right? Or no, he's he, like, which famous Ken Griffey pose was he? He <laughs> the ball. Oh, cool. Off the wall. Like, he was climbing off the wall. So it was like on the wall and it looks oh, like stepping cool. off of it. Uh-huh. We did that one with the Mariners, but it was cool to be able to create a nice vibe for when people are walking to the game. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you have yeah. other people that are visiting and they take pictures in front of it. So it's nice to kind of be a part of creating these moments for tourists or fans, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Cool. If that isn't urbanism, what is? Like creating moments, creating mm-hmm. a sequence for people to stop. Yeah. And I like it with the like, getting hyped up for the game. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole vibe that you have walking in and oh, yeah. the crowds build and build mm-hmm. and build. And then you've got all these graphics coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it creates a moment that you had, right? Like, mm-hmm. I take my yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. So that's like, it what seems we so create. simple, but it's actually really, really profound. It can be. Yeah. Super cool. Are you doing any work with UW still? No, I have. I still know a lot of the coaching staff there, but not really doing any work with them. Like if projects come as far as like marketing opportunities, make something happen. But no, just staying close to the program, like just knowing what's going on. But I kind of left the football chapter. I let that one close. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Spent a lot of time playing football since I was six to 23 or whatever. I don't Mm -hmm. know how it was. Do you do any marketing work that's that's not not art related? Yeah. Yeah, So I do a lot of like brand partnerships with Mm -hmm. our talent. Like we work with a lot of different guys. Luke Wilson, the Griffin Brothers. Oh, cool. um, A lot of guys from UW that I have relationships with that are now in NFL. So we do like appearances, you know, social media campaigns, just different partnerships that align with things that they are into. Cool. How big is your staff? Oh, uh, we have three of us. Wow, that's so, a lot of work for three people. Yeah, wearing a lot of hats, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta start somewhere. This place was three people too, yeah, not too so long we, ago. Um, so. Meaningly. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. 
Marketing was like that other, well, I mean, you're doing it now, right? <laughs> Rachel's actually our director of marketing. I'm too many hats on. <laughs> so tired. Yeah, I feel like there's the more so, you know, though. Yeah. So many parallels between design and marketing. Is, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. storytelling is storytelling. Mm. Yep. Whether it's art, digital, design, interiors, mm -hmm. architecture, just yeah. keeps going. I remember, I think when we first met, you were showing me one guy does performance art, yeah? He actually, like, he went to an event or something and was yeah, creating like it. Everybody was art. watching it. Live art. Thank you. Yeah. Really, really simple. <laughs> so that's uh, one thing we do because we want to be able to bring that art experience to a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And doing the live paintings allows us to show up at, you know, music festivals or private, you know, hospitality parties and different things like that and be able to create an experience for people that are there but also gift that art to whoever we may be doing it for. So that stays in that spot and they think of us, they think of the memory they had with those clients or whatever, you know, that event was. So it allows us to kind of just get in front of more people and get our art in places that we sometimes wouldn't be able to get them into. That stuff is mind-blowing. Just watching those guys live is really, really special. It is special. It takes a lot of planning. Like, there's a lot of prep to it because some events are a couple hours, some are a couple of days. So, because no one wants to watch the canvas start white and then slow <laughs> process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like just mapping it yeah. out. And <laughs> no, you know, it's not like you're gonna just sit there for hours and just watch it. So we try to get it to a place where we're about halfway, or so you can kind of see what's going on and then finish it. At yeah, these places. yeah. I would never want to watch somebody to be watching me sketch. I wouldn't yeah. want them to see the first fifty sketches I do. <laughs> I told a client that once where I was just like, they were like, "Oh, you only have a few options," and I'm like, "These are the last of yeah. many that <laughs> you don't want to see, but they're the good ones." Exactly. That would be nerve-wracking yeah, yeah. to have somebody sitting there watching me the whole time that's kind of what amazes me the most not that like somebody can do a mural but like that somebody can do it under pressure while everybody's watching it's so intense yeah and that just takes i mean just like an athlete can go in front of yeah. thousands of people yeah. and perform at a high level it's just that preparation putting in the time and being confident in the work you put in all the artists, did you meet them all organically? Or did you go out and find, did you get a project and you're like, oh man, I don't know anybody right now that is perfect for this. I need to go and scout. A lot of it is organic. There are some times where there's a project and I'm like, oh, this could be the perfect person for it. But I like to uh, take my time, kind of feel people out, not just jump and build relationships with everyone because I'm all about working with good people. So I want to start there because there's a lot of integrity that's involved with the process of showing up on time, treating people with respect, you know, just doing what you said you were going to do, whether it be getting a mock-up done at a certain time or finishing a project. So I look for those things first and then go from there as far as working with artists and trying to build relationships with artists that I think are a good fit for me and not just going out there and trying to grab artists just because their work is good. Right. It's a whole package. What about, are there murals in the city that you are not involved with, but you see and you're really impressed by and if somebody was like, where should I go to see? I mean, we've talked about Numos yeah, and you are involved there, but I mean, what I other mean, ones are you? In Seattle, there are murals all over the place. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of art that is out there that's beautiful that I had nothing to do with. And that's the great thing about art. You can see a piece of art and then discover a new artist or discover mm -hmm. a new thing. So I wouldn't say one specific place, but just, you know, walking through downtown, you kind of see a lot mm -hmm. of different styles and it kind of helps create the culture of Seattle. Yeah. Do you have moments when you're just walking along and you see a piece that you've never seen before and you're just like, oh, I got to figure out who this is. Uh, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Like, I'm all, like, <laughs> you can ask my wife, like, wherever I go, it's like I'm either looking at art and like, oh, who did that? Or like, yeah. oh, look at that wall. You know, so <laughs> now I'm just always looking for like, yeah. where can we paint? 
or who did that? Yeah. <laughs> that's I Something should it. go here. Yeah, that was, that's what I was going to ask. Was like, Ooh, I like that wall. Like, oh, that's a wall. That's a nice wall. <laughs> like, I've never noticed walls the way I do it. <laughs> What's like the holy grail wall? They're like, oh man, if I could get a mural on that A perfect that wall. wall. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a nice, big, smooth surface, really. Yeah. Is there one downtown where it's this like prime space that you would... You or is just, there competition a for good walls? There aren't that many. You know, it's funny. There aren't that many because urban infills happening so fast. True, and yeah. the East Coast, some of the only walls that end up getting murals like this are what we call lot line walls. They're like a mid-block building mm-hmm. and it's a sheer brick face because inevitably someone else is going to build next to it. So nobody cares if you put a huge mural on it, but they disappear so quickly. And now urban infills happening so fast here, it's almost similar. Like those walls go so fast. Man, there's so many artists out there. So there's always going to be competition for locations, but mm-hmm. I've never ran into any issues. Like I'm respectful guy. I'm not trying to go out and, you know, snatch <laughs> territory or anything like that. So I come with love and I'm just looking to create art for the greater cause of everyone. Right. Like I'm not looking to do it for just one person. It's like, hey, I'm doing this so I can give many people opportunities. It must be pretty rewarding, actually. You're always going out there and making, you know, marketing isn't always as public. Everyone doesn't always benefit from it. One of the cool things you do is that everybody gets to enjoy it equally. There's no paywall. Mm. I think that's pretty cool. That must Mm -hmm. be pretty rewarding. Yeah, it is. And just being able to provide opportunities for artists to turn that into careers, to make money doing it, and being able to just connect brands to the culture. Like, you know, a lot of brands, they have their brand, but they aren't in these places and know what's cool, what's not what's going on. So it allows me to connect the artists to these brands and kind of find a mutual ground and create something really cool that any person walking in Capitol Hill can relate to. So um, what's 2020 looking like for you guys? Super busy already? Yeah, busy. Like a lot of the projects that I was kind of initially working on are starting to happen. Mm-hmm. With football, you know, it's always a busy time for us during the season because that's when a lot of brands want to work with, you know, the athletes. Mm-hmm doing biz dev too so it's like yeah, there's it's always can't not be busy <laughs> yeah awesome well, we're almost out of time thank you very much this was a lot of fun appreciate you thank coming you. in thank you very much for listening check out design goggles podcast on instagram and design goggles on facebook and twitter also check out our blog on boredandvillum.com there's always super cool stuff being posted there and as always please stop on by board and villain in seattle anytime for a chat with us we would love to have you thank you again and we will see you all in a few weeks